America Meditating Radio Show. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. Hi, everyone. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. We bridge divides, we seek deeper meaning, and we answer life's most compelling questions from experts around the world. Because in a world of uncertainty and division within and out, we will need answers right here, right now. Join me and guests on America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Do you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org. Blaylock Dialysis Center is a convenient state-of-the-art dialysis center in the Houston area, run by Dr. Panakin Patel. Relax in a comfortable environment while receiving quality care. Serving adults 18 to geriatrics, we are here to help you. Call 713 463 6611 for more information or visit us at our website at www.blaylockdialysiscenter.com. Blaylock Dialysis Center, where helping you get well is our priority. The Meditation Museum in Silver Spring, Maryland offers a variety of courses and activities to make your life go a whole lot smoother. Located at 9525 Georgia Avenue, you will be able to experience the beautiful silence that's in the space. There are courses in Raja Yoga Meditation, Positive Thinking, Stress-Free Living, and Personal Development classes. For more information, call us at 301-588-0144 or visit us online at meditationmuseum.org. Hi, this is Regina Radisig, all the way from Providenciales, Turks and Caicos Islands. Hope that uh, you're looking, feeling, and performing at your very best. You're listening to America Meditating Radio Show.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. We're broadcasting from the beautiful Meditation Museum in the nation's capital. For many of us, you know, numbers have played a very big game in our lives. And lately, I've been um, asking my mother, who is Sister Gita, who was the one that actually gave birth to me, can you please tell me what time I was born? Do you know what she tells me? I don't know. I was in so much pain. I was young. I go, the clock's right in front of you. Please, let me find a way to take you back into some regression. Could you please tell me exactly what time you were born, just so I can understand my my, my cards or, or my stars? So I have this big, big joke going on between the both of us because I cannot find my birth certificate, no matter how hard I search for it. I can't find it. But do you believe in numbers, and do you believe that the time that you're born, the day that you're born, does have an influence on the unfolding of your story. I know that I really do. I really do. I've had um, great friends who are experts in astrology or numerology or just in intuitiveness. They've just looked at me and have declared my destiny. You all know my great-great-grand-aunt, Daddy Janky, 100-plus, still alive and kicking, right now currently in Washington. I mean sorry, in London at the Brahma Kumari Center there. And on three or four occasions, Baba, um, Daddy would always tell me, Jen, you're going to serve millions. You're going to uplift millions. And I just looked at her and go, Daddy, I just want to hang out with my friends. I don't, I'm not interested in any of that. And this last time that I was with her about a month ago, she looked at me and we danced. And it was like she was confirming are you not aware of who you are and what your part is and what your role is? And I wonder for many of us who are walking around a little bit dazed or distracted by things like mortgage, <laughs> kids, husbands, wives, um, in-laws, that we get caught up in all of their little issues that we lose track on what we're really here to do. And so when we really spend that time and attention on the self, like this morning when I got up at 2.30, I'm sitting inside of me, you know, and I could see how far I've walked away from me and I could see how close I am to me and I could see where I might have slipped and I could see how slipping also helped me to kind of get up and learn something new. A lot of things that we can learn about exactly who we are and the way that we're going to show up in the world if we just listen in silence to our internal stories. Stay tuned. We're going to have one of the 100 super souls specially selected by our dear friend Oprah Winfrey, Gordana Burnett, will be joining us. And she's got a very unique story. I actually sent an email out to a friend of mine, Simran Singh, who has a book, a magazine, and a radio show called 1111. So I'm hoping that Simran will definitely be touching base with Gordana after the interview. But before I get her on the air, let's just, you know, pause. Um, Take a deep breath. Um, remember who we are. Clear the mind and step into that which is true, profound, and pure. From Just a Minute Meditation CD by Sister Genti, here is a clear mind. A clear mind. Taking just a minute, I turn my attention inwards. I silently observe my thoughts, each thought a ripple on the surface of a lake, 
I gently remind myself, I am like that deep, tranquil lake. As my mind touches tranquility, I allow calmness to wash over me. Clearing the mind, returning me to my true peaceful nature, I allow peace to flow into my actions. Welcome back. Simple and sweet, wouldn't you say? Just clear your mind. Just be okay with you. We're so conflicted with ourselves because we don't know who we are, why we're here. We're not thinking at a bigger level. Gordana Bjornat is a thinker, seeker, and explorer of the physical reality born on 11-11 at, guess what time? 11-11. And at age 11, she realized that the stars in the heavens and the stars in her mind were made of the same stuff. Now, this truth changed the way she perceived herself and set her on a lifelong adventure of exploring who she really is and why is she here. Gordana talks about the perception of reality, consciousness, creativity, leadership, arts, you name it. But as a writer, she influences conscious communications through higher thought. Now, using Twitter as her main channel, she connects daily with over 275,000 followers. Gordana provides knowledge and encouragement necessary for allowing change, assisting those who can seek, who wish to seek self-development, and a greater sense of being through an intellectual and spiritual exploration of the world's both seen and unseen. So her purpose? Well, it's simple. It's to help people realize how powerful, how unique they truly are. And she was recently included on the Oprah Super Soul 100 list, Awaken Leaders. And today we're very honored to welcome Gordana Bjornat. Welcome. Hello, Sister Jenna. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to listen to your voice. (laughs) Oh, how sweet. You know, when a lot of my friends from that Super Soul 100 pinged me that they were there with Oprah taking the pictures and they were going, my gosh, why aren't you here? I go, I'm not there because you're there. And I'm so celebrating you right now. And I know how high that energy was to be with all of you together. What was that like, just being in the room of individuals who were transformational agents, you know, folks who were working on themselves, and as a result, it became a story for humanity. What was that like for you? Oh, it was like coming home. I mean, it it felt Mm -hmm. so easy to talk to people. It felt that we raised the energy so high. Everybody was into it, and we understood each other without even... I mean, we, mm. you don't have to explain anything. When you, when you talk to people of the same frequency as you, it's so easy, it's so smooth, it's great. It, I was so high on energy when I returned back to the hotel room <laughs> that I couldn't sleep. It was electrifying. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I bet, I bet. That sounds like heaven because I know a lot of folks have been asking me, what really is heaven? And they always think it's a place that you go to when you die. And it's something that I have stayed pretty firm on. And please know that I always leave space in my spirit to change what it believes because we're energy, so we're always evolving or moving back and forth. And I think that heaven is where you have harmonized with yourself. You have reached a place of harmonizing and accepting where you're at, who you are. But there's also more space. And just imagine 
being in a room with a bunch of folks who have harmonized with their own spirit and have created space for change. I really feel that's what heaven's going to feel like. I think you're absolutely right on that one because since we know who we are, we interact with each other through who we truly are. And that is the thing that raises the energy levels. I simply cannot remember any time where I felt this way with that many people because I feel that way when I'm with my husband and my son. But to be in a room with so many people and we all start off at the same levels of energy, it was amazing, actually amazing. (laughs) When I think of that, I almost forgot how it was. (laughs) I know, I know. It'll come up in your moments of deep silence or when you need it the most. So let's talk about mm-hmm. your 11 and a very, very dear friend. I know she's going to reach out to you, Simran Singh. She has a radio show called 1111, a magazine called 1111, and mm-hmm. it's a very big number for her. At age 11, how did this number change the way that you perceived yourself and the world around you? I mean, it's funny that you should say 11 because actually I haven't thought about that that one of my most profound moments happened at the age of 11 because otherwise, I mean, I was born in the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, 11 (laughs) minutes past that. I mean, it's so many 11s that I cannot ignore that number. So it, it seems to have an importance in my life. But the experience that we are talking about is that I one night when I was in bed, I closed my eyes and I tried really, really hard to imagine the last star you know, at the outpost of the universe. I think every child has done this, trying to imagine how big the universe is. And even though I roamed the universe back and forth in my mind, I couldn't. I simply couldn't figure out the ending edge of it. And all I could see were sparkling stars. And every time I thought I'd reached the end in my imagination, a kind of tingling sensation in the back of my head arose. And the universe in my mind expanded. It's like giving birth to more stars and more galaxies. And I thought, okay, this is my imagination and it's infinite. So maybe if I look out through the window, the real night sky will give me some kind of answer. So I got out of my bed and I looked through the window in my bedroom at the dark, starry sky filled with all the sparkling stars. And that's when it hit me. I closed my eyes, stars. I opened my eyes again, stars. So I realized that there is actually no difference between the thoughts inside my head and the reality outside of it. So it didn't matter if I closed my eyes or I opened them, the stars still were sparkly and the, and the sky was, was dark. So I think that I realized that it doesn't matter if I have my eyes open or if I have them closed, it's the same thing. And there is no difference between thoughts inside my head and the reality outside. That's what I found out. And at the age of 11, I I think that I found out that the essence of the universe is the same thing as my imagination. So I, I think I experienced some kind of universal truth, and it changed the way I perceived myself. I think that maybe on a deeper level, I understood in that specific moment that the universe actually is my partner in creation. If I can imagine it, and I give it some time, it will manifest in my reality. I think that is what what changed me the most, to understand that there is no difference between what I think and what I see and what I perceive. 
I don't know if I understood it exactly as I understand it now as a grown-up, but I, when looking back at that memory, I really do see that it was a profound moment for me to understand that the fabric of the universe and the fabric of my imagination is exactly the same thing. Mm, that's very powerful, and especially at 11. You know, we're so innocent at that age, and yet to be able to yes. to sort of feel something a whole lot higher is very powerful. You know, you said something that touched me. You said the more you actually know who you truly are, like it gets harder to try to verbally describe that. And that is so powerful because a lot of us in the business of transformational leadership or inspirational sharing, the dictionary is boundless you know, in telling folks what to do and how to think and who you are. But when it comes Mm. on to yourself to answer the question, who am I, and to be very enthusiastically sharing with you right now, one of our Mm. exhibits at our meditation museum is called Who Am I? (laughs) And so, you know, so tell me, what does that mean to you? Like, at this point in time, how would you answer the question, who am I? Well, actually, in my upcoming book, I take a lot of time trying to figure out why it is so hard to answer that question. Because if you look at it, I mean, on the surface, it seems like a very, very simple question. Who are you? And I would answer, oh, I'm Gordana Bjernath, and I'm a thinker, I'm a writer, and I'm a speaker. But we both know that that is not the whole truth. And if I want to answer you truthfully, then, I mean, how do I describe the one thinking and writing and speaking inside of me? Because that is who I truly am. I'm not the thoughts and I'm, I'm not the words. So how do I describe the I in the I am? It's, I mean, it's not just beyond words. It's beyond space and time itself. So that is why it's so hard to describe it. So I've figured something out. The closest that I can come to a truthful answer to who are you is that I am all that is pure consciousness experiencing itself through the passions and desires of Gordana Bjarnath. That is the most truthful answer I can come to that. But I think that we have to change the question if you want to know who I am here doing this, what I'm doing now. So I think that the actual question is not who are you, but what have you chosen to explore here? Or more specifically, what does your spirit want to explore in this physical realm? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And something that I remembered my 100-plus-year-old great-grand-aunt, Daddy Chanky, shared with me, what type of soul are you and what type mm-hmm. of soul do you wish to become? Because in my spiritual practice, the, the notion of the soul being a point of conscious energy behind my eyes, I get that. I get mm-hmm. that there's a spirit that leaves the body when the body can no longer contain itself or the spirit can no longer stay in the body. But what have I done as experiences, as I've been on my journey in this body, what is it that I'm holding in the soul? I mean, what type of soul have I become? And I think that's the really important question, like what type of soul am I now and what type of soul do I wish to become? You know, and I find that to be a very, very interesting conversation around dinner. I think that, uh, if I may, I think that what we're talking about when when you say who are you and you truthfully want to answer that question, you have to answer it with your stillness. But what they're actually asking you is, what are you doing? What is the movement here? What is your desire? What do you want to accomplish here? That's actually what they're asking, I think. I don't know. That's how I perceive it anyway. So I, Mm. I... 
try to figure that out too because we are stillness, but we are stillness doing something in this physical reality. So that is what we are asking each other. If we recognize the stillness and the I in everyone, then when you ask someone, who are you? You actually ask them, what are you doing here? Explain, what are your desires? What do you want to explore here? So I think that if I have to narrow it down to describing my physical being, I mean my earthly self here, it would be that, well, I'm a mother and I'm a soulmate and I'm a wisdom keeper because I seem to collect experiences which I transform into some kind of wisdom and then I share it with others. So that would be my answer if someone asks me, who are you, then Mm-hmm. that would be my answer. <laughs> I like that. I like that. You know, we hear a lot of discussion, especially today, about consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I know the secular community looks at us like, what? <laughs> you know, <when> it, <laughs> I mean, I, I remembered um, going on Capitol Hill, which is our parliament or House of Parliament, where all the politicians mm-hmm. are. And one of the interviews that I hosted is uh, a TV show called Soul Talk. And in mm-hmm. that was a question that I asked politicians what's your interpretation of consciousness? And so we hear a lot about it, and a lot of them were stumped, and some of them actually immediately knew what it meant to them. So what would you say is the essence of consciousness? There is a long and a short version, and I'll do a middle one. (laughs) Because I think that, to me, consciousness is all that is. And I mean, you can put any word that feels good for you into all that is. You you can call it God or the universe or the void or quantum field or whatever feels good for you to call it. And to me, I think that consciousness is everywhere. It permeates everything. It is unconditional acceptance of all that is. Consciousness is infinite. It is forever and it is now. I think the way I see it is that All that is, is consciousness at rest, while physical reality is consciousness in motion. So my consciousness is the I looking and feeling and seeing. It is the I am within me, and it is the I am within everyone else. So consciousness to me is actually everything that is here and now. Mm, That's beautiful. You know, I just went to your Twitter page and I just followed Mm. you. So now you have to follow me back. And (laughs) I will. (laughs) And one of your I follow people back. (laughs) And one of your cutest tweets. I mean, 48 minutes ago, you said, "Imagine what our world would look like if we all knew beyond all doubt what incredible, deliberate creators we all actually are." Mm. Shine some more light on that for me. Yeah, I mean, everything would change if we actually knew beyond all doubt who we truly are. If we knew that we are the one consciousness experiencing itself through each and every one of us and that we are here to explore the physical life, to enjoy the exploration of that, I mean, we wouldn't be afraid. We wouldn't create the problems that we create and the obstacles that we create. We would be here and just explore things for what they are, Mm. obstacles and everything. I mean, I'm not saying that we would live in a perfect world without any problems because we we are born into this dualistic reality where the negative is an equal part to the positive. It's up to us to choose. And if we know that we have that choice because we are the deliberate creators, then We can always look at the negative and say, no, thank you, I'll choose this instead. So I think it will change everything if we actually, truly, beyond doubt, knew who we truly are. 
That is what I'm trying to say on Twitter <laughs> every day. You know, it sounds so good, doesn't it? Gordana, yes, doesn't it does. even just the conversation that we're having today where we look at it and we just feel like angels. We feel like we're really mm. God's kids today. And then we mm. turn on CNN or one of the news stations mm. and we see Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton here in America. And then we mm. get really rooted in a wake-up call that the world hasn't mm. reached, hasn't reached that level of harmony, interconnectedness, a sense of global belongingness. What are you all seeing in Sweden and in Europe when you look at the interesting drama and theater that's taking place in America, which also is happening in places like South Africa. It's happening in places like Colombia. It's happening in places like Britain. It's happening in the Philippines. We're being signaled that there's something going on at a conscious level. And I say this very intentionally, that we're so out of sorts with our own inner being, that it can't stay there anymore. And even if we're given the most powerful platform in the world, we are not even willing to make humanity a better place. We are not able to even, we just can't raise it up. We can only show what we have become. What's the rest of the world on your side of the world? What are they saying when they look at the current narrative that's taking place in America and different places around the world? I'm curious. Well, I think that it's easier to be outside and take a look on it. But I also feel that we focus our awareness on growth. So if we don't want things to grow, we shouldn't be focused on them. The less people that are focused on the drama going on, the less the drama will continue. So I do understand, on an intellectual level, I do understand that there is a problem. But at the same time, if I I become a part of that problem by giving it my attention by being a part of that drama. So I choose not to be that. And I think that a lot of people do so outside of the U.S. They choose not to be a part of the drama because it seems incredible that it should be that way. And I'm, I don't like to take any political stances here, but it seems incredible. So choosing not to be a part of it is a way to actually not endorse it. like that. Beautiful. See? I had to ask a European that. All right. So as we come to a close to our heartfelt exchange, what's your best vision for yourself that would make the world a better place? Well, the best vision for myself, could you elaborate that more? Because I need to understand exactly what you mean by the best vision of yourself. Mm -hmm. When you sit in silence and you think about a better version of what does that look like? better version of me would be a version that is that actually truly beyond doubt believes that I am a deliberate creator and that I can share that with others so that they can start believing the same thing i think that would change so much and it would change me to become a better version of myself because I find myself, because I'm human and I find myself going back to believing that there is an outer reality and that it can dictate my inner reality. But it's not. I know that it all comes from within. So a better version of me would always stay in that realm where I know that I am the one creating all this and that I am the one. There is no power outside of me. That would be my the better version of me, I think. Beautiful. Now leave us with a website and information that you'd like our friends from around the world to get in touch with you or learn more about your good work. 
Yes. Well, right now I'm in the process of publishing my book, which will come out in early next year. I think it is Hay House publishing it. So I'm very, very happy to work with those people at Hay House. And you will find all the information about me on Twitter, where my ID is at MyPowerTalk, or you can go to MyPowerTalk.com and read my blogs and, well, get to know me better there. So MyPowerTalk.com and at MyPowerTalk on Twitter. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Gordana. It was really wonderful having you. And hopefully if you ever come back to America and come to Washington, I'd be happy to have you at our meditation museum. Thank you so much for the invitation, Sister Jenna. And thank you for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you. And so did I. All the very best. Take care. Thank you. Wow, what a lovely spirit she was, or she is. And um, again, the journey continues to unfold. I really love the point about the more you ask yourself, who am I, and you're even feeling the I that you are, the less you really feel you've got to show up or talk or prove anything to anyone. Again, I really feel this. I don't have to prove through words who I am, the content of my character, my vibrations, the contributions that I've made in the planet. Well, that's all sitting in me. I'm the proof to know if I'm worthy, if I've done my bit, if I've if I've shared my journey enough for me. And if anybody else sees that, touche, wonderful. But still, I need to be the one that holds that sacredness and that gift for myself. Hope you've enjoyed my conversation with Gordana Birnat. Please go to her website, powertalk.se. Well, you know the show wouldn't be complete unless we had Sister Gita on to give us an incredible reading of the day. Sister Gita? Here I am. Okay, good day to all of us. And may we empower ourselves knowing our true nature is full of peace, purity, love, bliss. And truth. So what's happening now? That's the residue of the other things I have expressed. I've thought about myself and I've thought and given out to others. So don't worry. Why worry? This is taken from the book, Just a Moment, by Garfield King, a friend of mine who has the most beautiful voice in the world. No matter how much I worry about a problem, will my worried mind reach a solution? It is very unlikely. What will probably happen is that I will become upset and frustrated and I will end up feeling heavy and burdened. I may lose sleep, lose appetite, lose everything. Probably all I will gain is an ulcer or a wrinkled brow and tension. I can make a hobby out of worrying. I worry about the noise and then complain when it is too quiet. I worry about having too many sunny dry spells and then complain when it rains. I may even be worried about worrying too much. It is essential to take an honest interest in what goes on around me. And of course, it is always wise to analyze a situation and take the necessary precautions to avoid being influenced by anything negative. However, when all is said and done, my tense and burdened mind will not be able to function clearly. It won't function clearly enough to arrive at a suitable solution to a problem. Maybe I should just do the best that I can 
And beyond that, leave it in the hands of the Supreme Parent, God. To have faith in the self, faith in God, and faith in the drama of life is a sure way to remain clear and free from burdens or otherwise worry-free. Let's contemplate on these things. Thank you. Have a worry-free day. If you started off this morning free from worries, that should continue for the rest of the day. If I started off with questions and upsets, then chances are those vibes will stay with me for a while unless I stop, pay attention, and change my thoughts. Okay, loves, have a great, great day. And think of, sit and think, just a moment and see what's going on inside. Om Shanti is a greeting of peace. You did thank you so much. Remember, everyone, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. Here's to learn by Lucinda Drayton. <laughs>